With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my sports in one app, like the National Women's Soccer League, included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it, whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. Uh, Miller Lite, great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. And as always, please celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer calories and carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. Seton, what if I told you there's a bacon, then there's number one thick cut, tastes like a touchdown in your mouth bacon? You must be talking about Wright brand bacon because mm-hmm. they are not playing when it comes to the premium quality of their bacon. It's thick cut, hand trimmed, and real wood smoke. Real. And you can tell. So why settle for average bacon when you can have the real stuff? That's right. And if you're looking to upgrade any meal, any meal, try Wright brand bacon. That's called Wright brand bacon. You won't regret it. Experience bacon the right way. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hour one on this Wednesday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Glad to have you on board. Stay a while if you can. You can watch on Peacock. That's our TV partner. You can do it for free. Download the app. Also, you can listen on our great radio affiliates around the country. We're over 370 cities around the country. And the formidable Fox Sports Radio lineup. We have a play of the day, stat of the day. Poll question, all of that coming up, 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com. Logically, we shouldn't be surprised that uh, the Ohio State-Michigan game was canceled, right? We all know what's happening around uh, the country and college campuses, and Michigan has been hit as hard as any state and also that college campus as well. You know, this is just a reality. Um, You know, this is a great rivalry. We want it to be played. Uh, it's been one-sided as of late, the Buckeyes winning eight in a row, 15 of 16. But that doesn't mean that it's not entertaining or culturally significant, probably more so this year than in a long time. And Michigan was a big underdog. I told you a couple of weeks ago that my Big Ten source said, hey, you're going to hear this, whether it's true or not, but it's out there, or at least starting to leak out there, that Michigan, because of COVID and the fact they don't want to get embarrassed by Ohio State and they wouldn't want Big Ten or you know Ohio State to play for the Big Ten championship. Just so you know, that is how this is being framed right now, and that the Michigan-Ohio State game was probably not going to be played. And as we found out, they're not going to play this game. And now the focus shifts to Ohio State. Is the Big Ten going to change their eligibility rules to let Ohio State play in the conference title game? Now, that means acknowledging that they were too rigid when all of this started. But if there was ever a time to admit your mistakes, it's this year. You know, the ACC just uh, you know had a change in their schedule, making sure Clemson and Notre Dame are going to face each other and each gets two weeks to prepare for the ACC title game. 
Now, that doesn't mean this is the end of the road for Ohio State's title chances because, let's face it, these conference championship games, they're just a money grab to begin with. Remember when they first started and I said, why are you doing this? And it was basically, this is just to make money for the conference. And then I thought, well, you do put some of your teams at risk of missing out on a bigger prize because they're going to play for a conference title game, and if they lose, then that would preclude them from playing in a bigger bowl game at the time or maybe playing for a national championship. So here you have Ohio State. Ohio State doesn't have to play in the Big Ten title game. I mean, think about it. They don't. They're in the top four right now. Now, they base that off of knowing that they weren't going to play the Michigan game. So one more game against Iowa? Wisconsin? Like, who cares? And understand this. The college football Final Four, those are, it's a TV show. That's what this is all about. I know we love to go, oh my gosh, that team has a chance to get into the Final Four. You know who gets in the Final Four? The marquee teams get into the Final Four because people show up to watch them. Notre Dame, Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State. Ohio State doesn't have to play another game. Now, the only way they get squeezed out is if Florida would beat Alabama, Florida and Alabama would still be in the Final Four. If Clemson beats Notre Dame, and it's close, Clemson and Notre Dame are probably staying in because their resumes are better. Then Ohio State would be on the outside looking in. It was suggested in my Big Ten source uh, that I talked to this morning. I said, can Ohio State schedule anybody? Let me give you the information that he gave me. Um, Michigan had no choice with a spike this week. Uh, they were already done numbers-wise. Schools are waiting to see what happens with Purdue and Minnesota. If they can't play, then Ohio State could possibly play another team in the Big Ten this week. When Barry Alvarez... He's in charge, basically, of the Big Ten, but uh, former Wisconsin head coach, athletic director. He made the statement last week about revisiting the rules about how many games you have to have to qualify to play in the Big Ten title game. He did that while Wisconsin was still alive in the race. They lost to Indiana last weekend, so they're no longer in the race. Ohio State possibly plays on the 19th versus Wisconsin to get another game. There's this chance that maybe that they're able to play another game here. But if I'm Ohio State, I just leave it up to the Big Ten to say, are we worthy to represent this conference and go into the Final Four? You don't have to play another game because you're already in the Final Four. I can understand if it's Texas A&M because it was also pointed out to me, could Ohio State and Texas A&M play? And I checked with my source, and my source said, well, there's so many issues here. It sounds good in theory, it can't happen. And I said, buzzkill, as I text him back, he goes, well, first of all, the testing that you have in the SEC is different than the Big Ten. Where are you going to play the game and who's going to televise it? Because A&M, CBS, Fox would have the Ohio State game. They would have had Ohio State and Michigan. I don't know how you could pull this off. But that has been put out there. There's also the possibility they waived the six-game rule. But if I'm Ohio State... I don't care about the Big Ten title. I want to play for the national title. And if I know I can get in, the the only... And Alabama, I think, is a 15-point favorite against Florida. Assuming Alabama wins and wins comfortably, then it feels like Ohio State is 
because Texas A&M is not going to be able to play this weekend. Can A&M get another game? And who can they play? Uh, this was a month ago, maybe six weeks ago, I think, where I said, if I'm A&M and I run into a scenario where I'm on the outside of the Final Four, I would call up BYU. Now, BYU just losing, but I don't know if there is a team that A&M could play that would help them leapfrog whoever else is going to be in there besides Ohio State. If you're Ohio State, I don't want to play A&M. I'm already in the Final Four. A&M needs to play me. Ohio State doesn't need to play Texas A&M. Maybe Ohio State. I mean, Ohio State is guaranteed of playing one more game. And, you know, depending on how they perform in that game, does that matter in the Final Four? And from what I'm told, my source said no. You're already there. The Michigan game was canceled. Let's say you play Wisconsin. Okay, so what? Okay, you win 45-7. Okay. It comes down to if Alabama would lose to Florida and close game and Clemson beats Notre Dame, their resumes are better than Ohio State's or A&M. We'll talk to Andy Staples. He covers college football for The Athletic. Get his thoughts on all of this. I mean, this is moving. This is fluid because we're on a, here we are on a Wednesday. Now, this isn't BYU in Coastal Carolina where they can go, uh, hey, let's have a, a Tinder date and uh, we'll meet you in Carolina. Okay. And they were able to do that. There's more moving parts. The bigger the program, the bigger the conference, there's more moving parts. Will you let Ohio State play a team they've already played before? Hey, let them play Nebraska, which would be kind of ironic. They started the season against one another. But I don't know if you're going to be able to shoehorn another game in there. And then you'll have the Big Ten you know, championship weekend where all the teams get another game if your team is able to field a team. And that's a big if right now for some of these programs. Other than that... Everything's great in college football. It's all about adaptability here. I understand it. All right, McClevin, got a poll question. By the way, the headlines, the Ravens handled the Cowboys. Des Bryant right before kickoff, test positive. Carson Wench, Wentz, Carson Wenched, benched for uh, Jalen Hurts. Um, and your rankings were Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State, A&M, Florida, Iowa State, and Cincinnati. McLevin, what's the poll question? Okay, after what you said, are you okay with a 5-0 and Ohio State team being in the Final Four? What, how do you think people would vote? Not giving information about whether Florida wins or anything like that. Just in principle, are you okay with an incomplete Ohio State resume? Not you, but what the audience thinks. Because well, I think there's going to be some backlash. Yeah, I understand it because people are going to go, well, it's preferential treatment for Ohio State. Does Ohio State, and this goes back to the beginning of the Big Ten season, and you know my source said they're not going to be able to play probably more than six or seven games. Will you pass the eye test? That's how it was framed with Ohio State. That's exactly how this is playing out. Have they passed the eye test? Now, I would say no, they haven't, but we do know the history of Ohio State football. And because of that, that's what this is based on. You know, their their previous seasons, talent that they have there. And I think that plays a large role in this. You know, it's and, and it goes back to this is a TV show. If you say to the networks, hey, Iowa State's a great story. Cincinnati's a great story. 
Coastal Carolina is a great story. In March Madness, this is interesting. But even when Butler played Duke, like we watched, I don't know what the numbers were, but I think deep down we're going, oh, Butler's a cute story, but Duke's going to win. Well, they barely won. College football doesn't have that. College football is basically, I need the biggest names, biggest schools, biggest coaches, biggest stars, and everybody gets to jump into the deep end of the pool here. And that's what is happening here. Notre Dame brings eyeballs. Ohio State, Alabama, they bring eyeballs. Throw Clemson in there with Trevor Lawrence. You're going to do blockbuster numbers here. That's what this is all about. And it's not fair, but college football. Remember, college football would just say, um, you're number one and you're number two and you get to play for a title. College football used to have mythical national championships. Like, they didn't play each other. We're going to say you're the national champ. Didn't President Nixon anoint, was it Texas, the national champs one year? Yep. Yeah, sure. I mean, why not? That's why you have to understand college football. And it's hard to understand college football. Understanding college football is not understanding college football. Because you're like, wait, what are they doing? What are they not doing? Who's in? Who's out? Yes, Todd. Imagine doing that in the NFL if the Patriots weren't able to play a couple of games <laughs> and they're eight and six. But because they're the Patriots and because of what they've done the past 20 years, we wink at those last two games where they could have either finished 10 and six or eight and eight and they get in over another team because it's the Patriots. It's college football. It's big business. And, you know, you're going to alter your rules or requirements. And you could always hide behind the fact that, well, 2020, it's all about you know, adapting with the pandemic. I understand all of that. But to me, this is a TV show. And if the college football committee can find a way to have Ohio State play, they will. Yes, Paul? I would love to see maybe some type of left-out tournament. Teams like Miami and uh, Coastal Carolina. USC's 4-0, and and they could finish undefeated. And they're not going to have a say in the national title picture, which is weird to think a, a USC program could finish undefeated. And they're not within striking donuts. Get about four of those teams together and just uh, set up shop down at Coastal, down in Conway, and play a, a round robin or something. Yeah, Put but, it on TV. I, I mean, I understand it, but it just—it's too hard to do it with what is going on and trying to get teams to go and play someplace. Can you have one place where they go? Can it be the other four, the final four, and then the other four, or the next four, and then they get a chance to play? But you have bowl games, and I don't know how many bowl games are going to be played. That's another thing to factor in as well, but. We'll talk to Andy Staples about that. Paul Feinbaum will join us coming up a little bit later on. The uh, national political correspondent for NBC News, Steve Kornacki. He, uh, he was on Football Night in America on Sunday, and he was doing all the uh, possibilities of playoff scenarios, and he was rolling up the sleeves like he did on election night. So Steve Kornacki will join us coming up next hour. Uh, McLevin, what other poll questions are we looking at? Well, at some point we have to talk about that debacle last night. Is there a team in worse shape than the Dallas Cowboys? I guess you could narrow it down to the NFC East, but as Troy Aikman said, there is not a bright place to look for this franchise. Yeah, Troy said, I mean, I don't know. I just don't know where this organization, where they go. There are just so many things that have to be addressed this offseason. You know what? The harsh reality of this is Mike McCarthy should not be your head coach. Okay? I'd start there. Now, it's tough 
for you know Jerry Jones after the sleepover with Mike McCarthy to go, this is a one and done. You've spent a lot of money. You spent a lot of money on everybody, including that defense. And last I looked, defense seems a little healthier. You know, the offense lost some offensive linemen, and they, of course, lost Dak Prescott. But that defense is embarrassing. The Cowboys have allowed 290 yards or more in a game just once in their history coming into this season. They've done it twice in the last nine games. The Browns did it, and now the Ravens last night. Dallas is last in the NFL, allowing about 168 yards per game. (laughs) Okay, I got to hold people accountable. And Jerry usually gives his coaches way, way too much breathing room here. As bad and as desperate as he is to win a title, man, I'd be cracking down and saying, what the hell am I doing here? Like Mike McCarthy doesn't inspire you to do anything. Yes, yeah, but he just smashed that watermelon. Yes, but he's inspiring everyone by smashing the watermelon. That didn't last very long. It I didn't. Guess. It didn't. It didn't. But uh, yeah, man. I mean, because <laughs> I could see Lombardi doing that. Tom Landry, Chuck Knoll, Bill Huge Melon Smashers. Yes. Guys, yeah. Yes. They should be smashing somebody's melon that's in their helmet to say, what the hell are you guys doing? Yeah, This is embarrassing. The Cowboys are embarrassing. (laughs) Accountability. And by the way, Leighton Vander Esch, nice nice story. You know, nice story. Uh But if, if, if Lamar Jackson has the ball on third down, he's not passing it. He's, he's not. When, when I know, and I'm just watching, that he's going to keep the ball. And Leighton Vander Esch got paid by all counts. He's a good linebacker. Lamar Jackson had more rushing attempts last night than completions. I, I, I'll let him pass. I can't let him run. Yes, he Watching the Ravens, especially last night, it was like the one game that everybody at home turned into Tony Romo. I think he's going to run here. <laughs> and more more times than not, you're, you're right. right. I think he's going to run here. <laughs> I know. I was watching the game by myself where I could have yelled out you know, to my wife, they're going to run the ball. I'd watch out for Lamar here. Yeah. I think he's going to run it. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it, whoa, okay. 
I don't know if it says that on the calendar. It's a beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters the most. It's a light beer that tastes like beer. That's why I reach for a Miller Lite. And it's less filling, only 96 calories. They've been doing this since 1975. They have perfected it. You know, that summer afternoon, we're coming into that time of the year, be like, oh, man. Crack one? Yes, or two. Don't look at your watch. Don't look at the clock. Don't look at the calendar. You know. Miller Lite, the great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can pretty much find it anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer calories, fewer carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports, like a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app, like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on, or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. All in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. If I could eat bacon for every meal, I think I would. I don't think I would. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, brunch. My love for bacon is no joke. My wife, who I love as much as bacon, says I would even put bacon in cereal if I could. You know, I thought that I knew what good bacon was. Uh, Turns out, nope, I was wrong. Hmm. Because then I tried right brand bacon, and honestly... I was speechless. And you know it takes a lot to get me speechless, Paulie. But it was mind-blowing how good it was. And now here I am, a man that's been eating bacon his whole life, like it's his job, and I've never tried bacon like this before. We're talking about number one, thick-cut, flip-your-whole-world-upside-down bacon, man. Everything from the thickness of it to how it's actually real wood smoked just makes it taste unbelievable. It's really indescribable. I can't do it justice. And you should really just try it for yourself. Yeah, don't be average. You're better than that. Do yourself a favor and get some right brand bacon in you. I'm getting upset. Experience bacon the right way. Right brand bacon. Andy Staples covers college football for The Athletic, host of the Andy Staples Show podcast. He joins us on the program. Why was this game canceled, Andy? Ohio State and Michigan. Well, we knew Michigan had some COVID issues, and and we knew that last week. And as soon as Michigan paused last week, you had a feeling this was going to happen because when these things happen, they tend to take out a couple of games. And that was the issue. What shocks me is the Big Ten was not creating some sort of contingency plan to figure out what was going to happen with the Big Ten title game because as the rules currently stand, Ohio State will not be eligible. Now, what's Funny about this, or none of it's funny, what's crazy about this is if Ohio State just lost this Saturday, they would be eligible to play in the Big Ten title game because then they would have played six games, which is the minimum requirement, and they would have the head-to-head win against Indiana, so they would just go in. But no, the Big Ten, in its infinite wisdom, decided there had to be a fixed number of games as the minimum to make the title game. None of the other leagues did that because the other leagues are a lot smarter than the Big Ten on every single front this whole year. Are they talking about changing that rule? I mean, this is a fluid situation, as I mentioned about 15 minutes ago. 
and it feels like everything's on the table. Barry Alvarez was a big proponent in, hey, it doesn't matter how many games, you know, you need to qualify for the Big Ten title, but that was when Wisconsin was still in the race. Now it's Ohio State. Do you think they're going to make accommodations for them to play in the Big Ten title game, no matter, even if they don't play another game? I think they should, and my co-host, Ari Wasserman, on the podcast had a great point. Ohio State and Northwestern have already clinched their spots in the title game. Just have them play on Saturday. Shuffle the schedule around, have them play Saturday, and then have everybody play some other games next week. Because at this point, we already know Ohio State is the best team in the Big Ten East. So what are we doing here? Why not just have them play in the title game? There is no reason that they had that six-game arbitrary number. They didn't need to do that. And you've seen other leagues do some things to help their teams. I mean, the ACC a few weeks ago shuffled their schedule so that Notre Dame and Clemson would have a bye week before the the championship game. Why not do something to help one of your teams? That has bothered me the the entire time about the Big Ten. They've done nothing to help any of these teams. Like when Nebraska loses a game and they try to schedule Chattanooga, the Big Ten's like, no, 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 you can't do that. And Nebraska said when that got canceled, hey, you know, our teams might need to get some other games for playoff consideration or just to have enough games to play. This might be a little short-sighted. And the Big Ten office response was like fart noise, basically. Is Ohio State actively looking for an opponent for this weekend? Well, they're not going to bring in a, a, a non-conference opponent because they're not allowed to. And ideally, I mean, if we really wanted to just have the best matchup, if you know, we should have learned something from Coastal Carolina and BYU. Because last week, Coastal Carolina loses this game against Liberty because Liberty had COVID issues. And they go, hey, BYU, you said any team, anytime, anywhere. So how about Conway, South Carolina on some teal turf on two days notice? And guess what? BYU got that big semi rolling from Provo and it crossed the country and they played what might have been the most fun game of the season. So here's what I suggest. Greg Sankey from the SEC, Kevin Warren from the Big Ten, Get on the phone, get on a Zoom call, and get Texas A&M, which had its game against Ole Miss canceled this weekend, get them to Columbus. Because the SEC would love for Texas A&M to have a way to prove that it's better than Ohio State because they're behind Ohio State in the playoff standings right now. Yeah, but Ohio State doesn't have to play another game and they're in the Final Four right now. The only way they get knocked out would be if Florida beats Alabama, Mm -hmm. uh, Clemson, Clemson beats Notre Dame, you know, it feels like Ohio State's going to be in the Final Four without... I mean, they they kept him in there, Andy, without even playing the Michigan game. So, I don't know if it matters if they beat Northwestern that all of a sudden we go, oh my God. And if I'm Ohio State, I'm not giving A&M a chance to leapfrog us. Oh, of course not. But that's what I would like to see as a viewer. No, Ohio State is in the playoff at this point, no matter what. And, and that is more the fault of the conference's for deciding to keep the playoff as is this year. You know, there's no data cross-conference other than three Sun Belt teams beating three Big 12 teams. There, We don't know which conference is better. So I, we have this conversation about the Pac-12. Well, the Pac-12 is the, the weakest Power 5 league. How do you know that? They haven't played anybody outside <laughs> the Pac-12 this year. So my suggestion was, just for this year, you need to expand the playoff so that all the Power 5 champs get in the highest ranked group of five champ gets in two at largest, which is what they're going to expand it to later anyway. But why not do that? Because there, it, it really isn't fair to the Big 12 or to the Pac-12 or to the, the highest ranked group of five champ with that Cincinnati that they're they're not going to have a chance. It is eye test, eye test, eye test. 
And look, if you ask me or if you asked a Vegas line maker who's the fourth best team, Ohio State is a very reasonable answer. And I want to see Ohio State in the playoff. I just would rather it be done differently this year because we have no out-of-conference data to compare. He's Andy Staples. He covers college football for The Athletic and uh, hosts the Andy Staples Show podcast. Jim Harbaugh not being able to play this game, um, does it mean anything for his – like, what is his future there? I, I don't know, and, and you've heard all these rumors about an extension. My feeling is if you extend Jim Harbaugh now, and his situation is is unique in college football because he's got one year left on his contract – he typically does not play the same game that other coaches do where their agents come in after a good year and say, well, you got to extend my guy. He needs to have five years on his deal. You know, Jim Harbaugh goes double digit wins three of his first four years. Most places he's getting five years tacked on to the end of his deal. That didn't happen. So now he's going into next year as the last year on his contract. I, I'm guessing you probably don't want that to happen. So you either have to decide, do you want to keep him or do you move on? And, and my feeling would be move on because your goal at Michigan is to win Big Ten titles. Your goal is to beat Ohio State. He hasn't been able to do any of those things. And in fact, it seems like it's just getting worse. So it, you tried. It got a little better for a while, but you never got ultimately what you wanted. Go try to find somebody who can get what you want. Do you think this was a good thing for Michigan football? They're not playing this weekend? I don't think it matters one way or the other. I, I mean, and it's sort of like the same thing with Ohio State. Would Ohio State beating this Michigan team prove anything no. to anyone? No. And and we know what would happen to Michigan in this game. I mean, so I, I don't think it really changes anything. I, I don't think it changes anything for Harbaugh. I just it, it, it's crazy to me, Dan, because I was sitting there looking at my phone yesterday after the cancellation, and we've seen all kinds of weird news this year. There's just you know stuff we never thought would happen, and I'm looking at it, and it was the first time in a while that that a story has just hit me like. Oh my God, they canceled Michigan, Ohio State. Like, it just sinks in that this is just a weird, weird year. You had a, a, a really detailed column about Texas football. And, you know, there was the reporter rumor that Urban Meyer might be kicking the tires there and that his wife was looking for homes in Austin here. <laughs> um, like, like, nobody uses Zillow. You have to fly <laughs> in and do it in person. Um, I, you know, I've watched most of Texas games this year, and and they could have gone the other way, and we'd be looking at, you know, Herman and saying he might be coach of the year in the Big 12, and they would be playing for the Big 12 championship. If I'm a Texas fan, am I staying with Coach Herman here, or are we looking elsewhere? Well, the fans are ready to move on. They are ready to go. But But my thing is, if you can't get an Urban Meyer, and let's think about it, how many real slam dunk hires have worked out in college football in the last 20 years. Urban Meyer did it twice at, at Florida and at Ohio State. I would argue that Nick Saban was a, was a successful slam dunk hire at Alabama, and Brian Kelly was at Notre Dame. And, and we'll see about Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M. He has a couple more years like this. We'll, we'll add him to that list. But it's a very short list. So you can't get anybody like that. If you compare the other names that we'd be talking about, whether it's Mario Cristobal or Matt Campbell, James Franklin, are they going to do any better than Herman does. I, I don't really know. I mean, you know, he was pretty close this year, but it's still not what you want because, you know, they lose to TCU. They, they, he's lost to TCU three times. That shouldn't happen at Texas. They yeah. lose to Iowa State with, with a trip to the Big 12 title game on the line. That shouldn't happen at Texas. You should have better players 
And in most of those games, you should have a significant talent advantage. And then, yeah, every once in a while, somebody's going to get you. But really, it should be you and Oklahoma duking it out at the top. And that's Tom Herman's problem. It's, it's not that he hasn't been competitive against Oklahoma because he's been very competitive against Oklahoma. It's winning against those other teams. And the question is, yeah, but if you're is saying I can't, million bucks? Yeah, but it, we, you know, you're, you want to move, or they may want to move on who you're getting. The same can be said about Michigan. That, that, yeah. Their fan base probably wants to move on. Who are you getting to replace, you know? But the thing is, you can, you can get somebody doing better than what Jim Harbaugh is doing now. You can get something better than what Jim Harbaugh has given you the last couple of years. I don't know that Texas is going to, given the current pool, get better than what they've gotten from Tom Herman because he actually might be on a decent trajectory. Jim Harbaugh doesn't feel like he's on a good trajectory right now. Who's winning the Heisman? Ooh, that SEC championship game is going to be a uh, a very highly watched affair among Heisman voters because you got you got Mac Jones and Kyle Trask and and obviously both of them have insane talent around them. I think that's you know people say well well Trevor Lawrence is is the best player. Well yes, if thirty two NFL GMs voted for the Heisman, Trevor Lawrence would win in a landslide. But that's not how these things usually work. And so you have to say, well, is Mac Jones doing this because he's great or because of Devontae Smith? Is Kyle Trask doing this because he's great or because of Kyle Pitts? I, I think that game will probably decide it, uh, which quarterback plays better. If, if one quarterback just has a disaster of a game, it's probably going to the other guy. Or if they just have a duel for the ages, I think the, the one who comes out on top probably winds up winning it. By the way, how's the Pac-12 doing? They they are still playing. They played some Sunday football. I watched I watched USC Washington State on Sunday. It was great. I thought it was a rear. I, I swear to God, I, I flipped through and I go, oh, you know what? Let me watch a little bit of this game from Saturday. Wait, oh no, this is actually. Oh, okay. Like it was tap me on the shoulder and say we're playing football on, on Sunday. Of course you are. Well, it's interesting because the Pac-12 may have bungled this all worse than the Big Ten because. Really, until the Big Ten said they're playing again, the Pac-12, almost it's almost as if they hadn't even thought of the possibility of trying to play this season. And so it, it doesn't look good. They're, they're hardly getting any games in. But at least they've been flexible. That's, that's the one thing. They have tried to be very flexible. Uh, they created a, a Cal-Washington game on two days' notice and, and played that on a Sunday. And, and if you're the Big Ten, you should look at that and say, well, we could probably figure out a solution to this Ohio State issue and get them another game if we just be a little creative like they've been. But uh, the Big Ten is is not that, – that aircraft carrier does not turn around very well. Andy, great to talk to you, and uh, we'll be reading. We'll be watching. Thank you. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app, at FSR, or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hour two on this Wednesday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Spent a lot of time first hour talking about the Ohio State and what's next. Playing for the Big Ten Championship? Maybe. If not, no big deal. Still feels like they're going to be in the Final Four when it's all said and done. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at show. I have a podcast, another podcast. It's called That Scene with Dan Patrick on Amazon Music. And if you thought you knew everything about Breaking Bad, think again, because my guest is Brian Cranston, a.k.a. Walter White, and I even stumped him on a couple of items from Breaking Bad. But uh, you can download the podcast. 
And uh, next week, we have Ralphie, Peter Billingsley. Ralphie from A Christmas Story. And uh, they're about a half hour, a lot of fun. And we take you behind the scenes of some famous scenes in, uh, in these movies or in these TV shows. So it's on Amazon Music. By the way, if you're looking for a great gift for Christmas, danpatrick.com. We got T-shirts, hoodies. We got coffee mugs, flannel shirts. You name it. One-stop shop. And you have until, I believe, the 18th of this month to order to get it in time for Christmas. Also, the calendar is uh, on there as well. We'll get to phone calls coming up. The NFL knew that they would have to be ready for anything this year. But to pull a player like Des Bryant before last night's nationally televised game and then let him go on a tweet storm that wasn't in any commissioner's handbook, the Ravens receiver was fired up. He was going to face his former team. Fox had a story about Des. In fact, Des Bryant was pulled off the field, wasn't going to play, and they still ran the feature on Des Bryant. Bryant said that uh, he was going to go home and drink some wine and probably not play football the rest of this year. I guess that's a logical response to an illogical season when you think about it. I'm not sure how the NFL justified playing the game while others were moved back because of contact tracing. I have to see what happens when all the facts come out. But the Ravens managed to play and beat the Cowboys. They roughed them up. They uh, ran for nearly 300 yards. And the audience got to watch a relatively entertaining game. But you can't help but watch the Cowboys. And I know we overrate the Cowboys. Everything about the Cowboys is overrated. And you have a defense that there are guys who got paid on that defense. I can give a hall pass to the offense with Dak Prescott out and the offensive line has uh, had injuries. Okay, you still have some weapons on the offense. You still have Zeke Elliott that everybody keeps telling me, yep, they made a smart move in re-signing him. All right. But the defense, that's where I would have heads rolling. I'd have, I'd, I just want accountability. If I'm Jerry Jones, I just want accountability. Just who's responsible? And uh, I would make I would be making moves here because I got to get somebody's attention here. You're the Cowboys, and you're playing like you're the Jaguars. In fact, Jacksonville's more competitive probably week in and week out than the Cowboys are. Got a lot of guys who got paid, and you'd never know it when you watch that team. Yes, McLevin. Uh, after the game and the post game, the Fox guys started diving into that topic about whether the Cowboys would take another quarterback at four. Yeah. Even though they all love Dak Prescott, they think he's great. But do you, do you need like a fresh start there anyway? If you're if you're at four, what do you do? Um, you have to be absolutely positively sure of drafting a quarterback that they can play for you right away because Dallas is built to win right now. Spend all this money. They're built to win right now. This isn't one of those, hey, we got a two- or three-year period here, because they don't. Um, they could have signed Dak 18, 19 months ago. They screwed that up, and now here they are. A bad football team, and just the thought that they would be thinking about a quarterback. If you said I could have you know, Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, then I would certainly reconsider what my game plan was going to be moving forward. Because then I get the rookie contract at that position, and then I can afford to bring in a couple of a couple more players that might actually be worthy of a contract. Um, but other than that, I think Jerry Jones knows he's stuck with these salaries and reputations, and bring Dak back and see what you have. 
Yes, McLevin. One analogy I was thinking about, Drew Brees hurt his shoulder and they drafted Phillip Rivers at four and kept Brees around. Is it? Is there any reason to pay Dak $40 million and still draft a quarterback just to see, make sure he gets back to where he was? Or is that a waste of resources? Before I get ready to pay him $40 million, I'm going to know if he can play. And if he can play, I, I don't want to waste a draft pick up there. Like you have other needs, and if your offensive line is not going to be what it once was, then I gotta I gotta make a move. I can I can trade out of four and probably have somebody go up who wants to get one of these quarterbacks, and then maybe I can start to reload, not rebuild, but reload the offensive line. But I just have question marks about what kind of effort does that Dallas team put forward? I mean, this is they've given up. 290 yards twice this year in a game. Last night and the Cleveland Browns. They'd done that one other time in franchise history. Mike Nolan's defense is not working. Mike McCarthy is not the right guy for that position. But I don't think Jerry is going to make any changes with Mike McCarthy. And he would be one and done. We wondered why he was brought in in the first place. As I said, when they brought him in, it's not like he's Lombardi and bringing him in. I mean, they could have stayed with Jason Garrett and gotten this performance. But you brought in Mike McCarthy, and you're like, yes, we got Mike McCarthy. Was anybody else bidding for Mike McCarthy? And if I'm Jerry Jones, you know what I do? I surprise everybody. <laughs> and I say, I want to bring in Eric Bieniemy as my head coach. I'm going to take him off everybody else's list because it feels like there are three or four, maybe five teams that would bring in Eric Bieniemy. How about I go get him, and I have him as my head coach here with Dallas. I know it'll never happen, but you got to get something. You're stagnant. You're boring. You're irrelevant. Those are things you would never – those words you don't attach to the Dallas Cowboys, but that's what they are. Yeah, McLovin. I can think of a rah-rah coach who might be available. He wears khakis. <laughs> Jim Harbaugh? Jim Harbaugh, Dallas? Wait. I've never seen it written at all, by the way. No, 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 no. I, 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 but, you know, I saw a report where five teams are interested in Jim Harbaugh if he decides he goes to the NFL. I don't know if one of those teams would be Dallas. Would the Detroit Lions be interested in Jim Harbaugh? I mean, that that would be the ultimate... Hey, he's not going to coach at Michigan, but he's staying in the state. He's going to be the Detroit Lions head coach. Yes, Paul. Going back to the draft, uh, the draft order right now after last night's game is Jets number one, Jacksonville two, Cincinnati three. They don't need a quarterback. Dallas right now is in the fourth spot for yeah. the NFL draft. Then the Chargers and then the Philadelphia Eagles in the sixth spot. Dun, dun, dun. Well... I think the Eagles got to decide what they have on their own roster right now, but if you said... Uh, well, these teams can trade out of this. Uh, Cincinnati doesn't need it. Jacksonville does, and the Jets do. And then you get to Dallas. If I'm Dallas, I, I, can, I can use this to my advantage being really bad, get out of there, and then still be able to stockpile a little bit. The Chargers don't need a quarterback. Philadelphia's got to decide if they have a legitimate starting quarterback there. Carolina looks like they would be in the market for a quarterback. What's Atlanta do with Matt Ryan? Houston doesn't need a quarterback. Um, although that pick goes to Miami. Denver, I don't know what Denver's doing. 
Washington, they would be in the market for a quarterback. Uh, Detroit, Chicago, even San Francisco's in there. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of teams that are going to be interested in, uh, in a quarterback. But, you know, with Dallas, um, they need other things. Here's Mike McCarthy on uh, what the Cowboys didn't do enough of last night. 300 yards is, is obviously astronomical. You know, we have to we have to get a quick turnaround. Uh, you know, just when you you know you feel like you're taking some steps as a team, uh, you know the, the you know the keys to the game were was was stopping a run, and we we definitely didn't get that done tonight. Don't I hear this every game? It feels like. All right, here is uh, John Harbaugh, the Ravens head coach, on his star quarterback Lamar Jackson. One thing you do know about Lamar, you're going to get everything he's got, you know, and that's really all you can ask for. Uh, he's going to give you uh, whatever he has, and it turned out that he had a lot tonight, and that was good to see. I don't think you could predict that. He came out to practice. He looked good in practice. He uh, he was uh, strong and healthy. I'm just impressed with the fact that he was on top of the game plan so well. He'd been studying, obviously, the whole time he's away, and he played a great football game. Yeah, he did, but it helps if you have a Dallas defense that is clueless. Because when I can play the role of amateur Tony Romo watching the game and going, oh, Lamar's going to run. Third down, Lamar's going to run. If I know, I would think that the Dallas defense would know as well. I'm going to let Lamar Jackson, if Lamar Jackson beats me with his arm, okay. But I'm not going to let him beat me with his legs where he's far more valuable. Yes, he I'm just impressed he knew the game plan so well. Yeah, I don't know what that means. What is that? Like, yeah, is that kind of what you expect from your quarterback? Like, hey, how about him? He knew what we were doing this week. Huh? That was <laughs> impressive. Like, what? that didn't sound like much of a compliment to me. Jerry Jones on Tuesday morning did his uh, weekly interview on uh, 105.3 The Fan in Dallas and uh, had some things to say. He talked about how Washington and the Giants are playing well and what that means to Jerry Jones and the Cowboys. I think it's an encouraging sign, Mike, to see these teams, these new coaches, these new staffs, these new, uh, if you will, uh, uh, directions that they're going, and uh, see them playing uh, some better football as we saw the last two or three days. I'm not interested in Jerry Jones necessarily Tuesday morning. I'm really interested in Jerry Jones on Wednesday morning. That's when I want to hear from Jerry Jones. Here's uh, Jerry talking about Dak Prescott moving forward with his running skills. I've always handicapped, uh, uh, to some degree, Dak because uh, of the fact that he's so effective uh, and has been in his career uh, in the uh, running, in the running game, uh, and his ability to take it down and get the big play and get the yards. I've always known that he couldn't do that uh, like that for long in the NFL. All right. Thank you, Jerry. Uh, the Duttons are back. Yellowstone Season 3 starring Kevin Costner streaming now exclusively on Peacock. Whether you're a newcomer to the ranch or season pro, you don't want to miss. Stream all three seasons right now on Peacock. Get some phone calls in here. By the way, he was one of the stars on election night, NBC News political correspondent Steve Karnacki, and uh, he was a star on Football Night in America this past Sunday as he was looking at uh, 
teams, you know, there were teams that look like they have a better chance of making the playoffs. And Steve's job is to look at the odds and the percentages. And he had some teams that aren't in the playoff picture right now, but he feels like they have a better chance than some of those who are in. And uh, he'll join us coming up. Also, Paul Feinbaum from uh, the Mothership will join us a little bit later on with what's going on with college football. Yes, Paul. You know, Steve Kornacki is kind of like McLovin's bit where, but when Steve Kornacki does it, everything goes right and everything is smooth and the TV works and all the things he swipes, they work perfectly. McLovin, if he were the guy going through the playoff thing, the TV would fall over. He'd have the wrong, you hit like the CFL logos up there. And that's the only difference between the two. They both know it, but it would go totally different. So he'll join us uh, coming up. Uh, some phone calls here. Are we going to stay with the poll question, McLovin, about uh, Ohio State? Actually, uh, it's 64% say, no, they're not okay with uh, Ohio State being the Final Four. How about we do a question, what's the next team to take – or who's taking the third quarterback? And list all those teams you talk about. The, assuming the first two are Jets and Jaguars, then you listed all those teams. It seems like there's seven quarterback needy teams in the top ten. I'm curious who people think. Mm-hmm. Dallas, Philly, Atlanta, Detroit? Atlanta and Detroit are interesting because I thought Detroit, you know, if you had a more um, stable coaching staff, I think they would have taken Tua Tonga-Vailoa. But Matt Patricia and his staff, from what I was told, they knew they had to win this year they were going to be fired, and they got fired. As far as what's going on in Atlanta, uh, you're going to have a new head coach. Is Matt Ryan going to stay there? Julio Jones going to stay there? Do you rebuild? Do you think you can reload? Uh, Tampa and New Orleans are the class of the, uh, the uh, division there. So I'm not, I'm not quite sure. But also, I wonder, as we look at these quarterbacks who are going to be up for these big contract extensions, given what happened with Carson Wentz and that contract, do I give a big contract to Lamar Jackson? Do I give a big contract to Baker Mayfield? Do I give a big contract to Josh Allen? And I think... Man, I, I buyer beware with what has happened with Carson Wentz. Because if you can't get the Colts to trade for him or maybe somebody else, you're going to be stuck with that contract. Buffalo, it feels like they will extend Josh Allen. But but look at the, the going rate for quarterbacks. I mean, they're going to be getting at least 35 to 37, maybe even more, a year. You want to do that to Baker Mayfield? You want to do that to Lamar Jackson? You want to do it to Josh Allen? These are questions that you're going to have. These teams are going to have. But I think Buffalo will do that with Josh Allen. I'm going to guess Baltimore will do it with Lamar Jackson. I don't know if Cleveland's going to do that with Baker Mayfield. I mean, it might come down to how Baker performs this year and uh, how they do in the playoffs. Uh, let me see a couple of phone calls. Jonathan in Pennsylvania. Hey, Jonathan, what do you have for me today? Hey, DP. Hey, hey uh, I've been your I've been a fan of your for a long time, and uh, I gotta say, you know, as a we talk about the Cowboys so many times, and it's overrated and all that. As a Cowboys fan myself, you know, you talk about Jerry Jones, what he should think that he should do. For me, Jerry Jones ain't gonna do nothing. He's not gonna. He's not gonna do no moves, no nothing, because he is the owner, and he is the GM, and he's definitely not gonna do anything to help out the Cowboys, at all. He's he is the biggest. He has money all all around, 
but he's never going to do anything. Never. Well, but they the problem is, though, Jonathan, he tries. And sometimes he get in, gets into his own way. Understand that they were taking Connor Cook. That was the quarterback they were going to take out of Michigan State. They, they, they weren't taking Dak Prescott. They were taking Connor Cook. And then the Raiders took Connor Cook. They wouldn't even have Dak Prescott. Jerry, the GM, Jerry, the owner, they toyed with the idea of taking Johnny Manziel. Amari Cooper got $100 million. You re-sign, re-up Zeke Elliott. I mean, those are all Jerry's moves. And I can credit him for some of the fines that they've had or that, you know, they did draft correctly. But Jerry, the owner, and Jerry, the GM, those are two different people. And Dallas paid everybody. Everybody, everybody got paid. And then they weren't quite sure on Dak. I don't know about Dak. Well, I don't know about Dak. And then they waited 18 months. And here we are. Yes, Eden. But dang, man, you can't figure out a way to get the ball to either CeeDee Lamb or Amari Cooper. Like, it, it doesn't feel like it should be that hard to figure out a decent offense with the, the weapons they have. I, I don't know what their offensive game plan is. Because it, and I know Andy Dalton's in there and it's not Dak Prescott. There, it's not that far of a drop off between Dak Prescott and Andy Dalton. No. I mean, it, it's not like Joe Namath to Chad Pennington. Yes, McClellan. How do you throw the ball to CeeDee Lamb or Amari Cooper when you're on the sidelines for 11 minutes watching the other team gash you for that eight yards true. a run? Yeah. Run, if you can't stop the run, your quarterback is doomed because he never gets a rhythm. And by the way, Andy threw for 300 last night. No big deal. You're right. It was no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> here, here. 170 was in garbage time, but whatever. Yeah. No, we're not counting. It's the only total number. No big deal. No, no big deal. All right, let me take a break. We'll get to uh, phone calls. Got a lot of people want to talk college football as well. Steve Kornacki, the NBC News political correspondent, will join us and uh, talk to him about his appearance on Football Night in America and he'll run the percentages here of teams that maybe you don't think are going to make the playoffs, but he thinks they have a better chance than you do. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. Like, a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app. Like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on. Or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. All in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. 
Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. If I could eat bacon for every meal, I think I would. I don't think I would. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, brunch. My love for bacon is no joke. My wife, who I love as much as bacon, says I would even put bacon in cereal if I could. You know, I thought that I knew what good bacon was. Uh, turns out, nope, I was wrong. Because hmm. then I tried right brand bacon, and honestly... I was speechless. And you know it takes a lot to get me speechless, Paulie. But it was mind-blowing how good it was. And now here I am, a man that's been eating bacon his whole life, like it's his job, and I've never tried bacon like this before. We're talking about number one, thick-cut, flip-your-whole-world-upside-down bacon, man. Everything from the thickness of it to how it's actually real wood smoked just makes it taste unbelievable. It's really indescribable. I can't do it justice. And you should really just try it for yourself. Yeah, don't be average. You're better than that. Do yourself a favor and get some right brand bacon in you. I'm getting upset. Experience bacon the right way. Right brand bacon. I want to thank our friends at Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Dan Patrick Show. Panini America has everything you need. A premier collecting experience with the most sought-after NFL and NBA, FIFA, and WNBA trading cards. If you're looking for rookie sensations, they've got that. How about timeless legends? They've got that. Panini America also breaking new ground on NIL, featuring the biggest names, Caitlin Clark's in there, Angel Reese, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., and so many more. If you're into cutting-edge digital collectibles, don't miss Panini's NFT platform at nft.paniniamerica.net. Some of the first opportunities to collect this year's rookie class. Whether you're a collector of physical cards or a digital enthusiast, Panini has you covered. Check out their most popular brands. They got Prism, Select, Don Russ, and so many more. And you got Panini Instant Cards celebrating the biggest sports moments on cards right after they happen, such as Draft Night Instance. Visit PaniniAmerica.net or download the Panini Direct app today. Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Dan Patrick Show. Steve Kornacki is the national political correspondent for NBC News, MSNBC, NBC News, the election map expert. And it feels like you became an overnight sensation, but took you a long time to become an overnight sensation. Steve, thanks for joining us. What do people say to you when they see you on the street? Um, yeah, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Um, well, I, I guess one of the things about life in the pandemic is you don't see too many people on the street. So um, the few I've run into, though, yeah, uh, the map guy, the numbers guy, you know, um, still a few uh, every now and then they'll say, hey, it's Chris Hayes. So I, I still get that. <laughs> How do you become the election map expert? Um, you know, honestly, it's something I it's a role I kind of always wanted. It's um, it's one that's kind of, um, I think, come into being in the last 20 years or so. It, it's funny when I go back and look at uh, I love looking at kind of archive um, you know, archive news footage, archive sports footage. I like looking at stuff from the past. Um, I realized, you know, just 20 years ago, back in 2000, you know, Tim Russert was here at NBC and, you know, the famous moment in the 2000 election when it all came down to Florida, a couple hundred votes, Russert didn't have an electronic board. He had a, he had a whiteboard and he just wrote down Florida, Florida, Florida. And I think that's in the Smithsonian now, but I mean, that was technology just 20 years ago. So this you know, the idea of having a board with real-time data with numbers, it's really come in in the last 10, 15 years. But, um, you know, since it's kind of been around, I, I had my eye on it and I got lucky about, um, it was 2014, actually. 2014, my boss here called me up about two months before the election, said, hey, we need somebody to do this. You think you could do something with it? I said, yeah, I think I could. So that was the start of it for me. How do you memorize all the counties? Um, You know, I think it's just good old-fashioned, you know, staring at it 
memorizing it, repeating it, pulling out the map, trying again. Um, you know, it helps. I, I haven't been to all these places. I've, I've not been to more counties than I've been to. But, um, you know, one thing in the last six years, I, I will, you know, I vacationed in Ohio about two years ago just to learn the state, to, to learn the counties, to get a better sense of it that way. Uh, um, that helps. But obviously, I haven't done that anywhere. So really, it's just it's like cramming for a final. It's just memorization and repetition and it. The, the memory kind of builds. Who's better on the touch screen, you or John King? Oh, come on. He's John King's the original um, and, you know, nothing but respect for him. And honestly, I haven't seen a CNN election night since I've been doing this because there's no time to watch it. So I, I'm not qualified to say. You're kind of like uh, Lamar Jackson and he's Michael Vick. Like he might have been the, the original and then you're an up, updated version of it. That's and he's still doing. It. <laughs> hey, and Fox has someone doing it, and I, I don't. I don't want to get into anything with anybody. Uh, I, I try not to make enemies. How did you end up on Football Night in America? You know, I got a call um, about a week after the election uh, from my boss here, saying the you know the folks at NBC Sports, um, you know, wanted to you know talk to me. Had a couple ideas. Um, I was very excited to to hear that, and um, you know, so we'd been talking for about two weeks before it, and. Um, you know, came up with the idea, I think, um, you know, that, hey, this is December in the NFL. It's it's when the playoff race really gets serious. And I think there was a it seemed like there really was a parallel there between road to 270 and an electoral map for a presidential election and, and road to the playoffs. It's all about scenarios. It's all about if this state goes this way or if this team does this, there really did seem to be an overlap there. What uh, give me a couple of teams that aren't maybe being mentioned as playoff teams, but you think they have a better chance than maybe a couple of teams that we think are going to make the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if this is now too counterintuitive. Watching the game last night, I know they were talking about this a lot, but Baltimore, you know, sitting there right now at seven and five, would not be in the playoffs if they started today. If you just look at their schedule, they get Cleveland next week, and and after that, it's is three teams with losing records. You know, so they've got a really easy schedule down the stretch. It's not hard to see them getting, you know, to 10 wins. And you compare that, like, to Miami, who would be in right now in the sixth spot. You know, Miami, a game ahead of Baltimore in the standing, sitting there at eight and four. Miami doesn't have a single game left against a team with a losing record. I mean, starting with Kansas City next week. So, you know, it, the, the sort of the burdens on Miami to show they can hang on to that position against the kind of competition they're taking. And it just seems like the opportunity is there for Baltimore to, to leapfrog a bunch of teams here just based on that schedule. When did you become fascinated with numbers? You know, it was um, when I was in first grade. It was the, uh, I could tell you, it was the 1985-86 NBA season. I grew up outside Boston. Um, I would go outside, get the Boston Globe every morning and read the Celtics box scores. And that was the best Celtics team ever. That was the big three, Bird, McHale, Parrish. And um, Celtics box scores that season. And then, Summer of 86 was the Red Sox. That was the, you know, with the Buckner year. So the Red Sox were a thing that year. I got into baseball box scores. And, um, you know, that, that kind of started numbers for me. And then a couple of years later, um, you know, kind of got into politics really about middle school and, and kind of the numbers aspect of it too, I guess. But the pressure on election night is different. Like you can be on football night in America and you might make a mistake and it's football night in America, but election night, how much pressure did you feel? Oh, Yeah. Yeah, no, there's there's a lot there. And this year was this year was more intense because there's just this added variable this year of people were voting by mail and we knew the people voting by mail were going to be overwhelmingly Biden and the people who were going out, you know, and voting in person at, at their precinct on election day, we knew that was going to be pretty heavily Trump. And there was just this variable as the numbers would come in from a lot of places of 
okay, are we looking at votes that were cast by mail here? Are we looking at votes that were cast in person today? Are we looking at a mix of both? Because that, that question and trying to be on top of that information was key to understanding everything that was happening. And that was just something, there's no, at a certain level, there's no preparing for it because we'd never had that before in an election. And so, yeah, I felt, um, I always feel a lot of anxiety before these things. This year, I felt um, about 10 times more than I have in the past. How do you come off as unbiased? I mean, it's, it's probably a cliche, but the, the numbers don't lie, um, you know, at a certain point. And, and you know, I can, if I, if I have a, um, it's, it's true in sports, it's, it's true covering politics. If you're cheering for a team in sports, you know, there's no denying if they, if they lose 17-14, there's no time left on the clock, then they've lost, the game's over. You got to talk about the next game. Um, you know, I think the same is true in, you know, covering an election. It wouldn't do me any good to be, um, to be trying to, you know, kind of push it to one side or to push it to the other as the numbers come in, because they are going to ultimately all come in and we'll all be able to see what it is. What happens if the touch screen goes down? What was uh, the game plan? It's, it's happened before. It's, it's how I made the uh, Tonight Show um, for the first time in my life. Uh, this was in the 2016 election. Um, I was doing a segment and the board went blank, <clears throat> completely blank, but the, the writing function on it, you know, with my finger still worked. And the camera's still rolling. Nobody's telling me to stop. So I'm like, I got to improvise here. And we were talking about sort of, you know, road to 270. So I said, okay, I'll draw a crude outline of the United States. And I can kind of talk about the different regions. So I tried to draw the United States and it looked like part of the, it turned out it looked like part of the Mayo reproduction. <laughs> Jimmy Fallon noticed it. <laughs> that was my first, uh, you say overnight uh, fame or something. That was my first taste of it. Okay. But how do you, how do you react to something like that? I, I know you, I think you made majored in uh, TV and film at, at Boston university, but you know, now I'm famous uh, and I'm infamous. And so how do you process that? Yeah, that it was the thing about that was like, I didn't even realize it till uh, things started popping up on online. <laughs> I really didn't think I had done anything. And then it was one of those, it was obvious. Once I saw it, I was like, okay, I see how, how everybody saw that. And of course I was on with um, one of my colleagues here, Hallie Jackson, and I think, you know, she was standing next to me the whole time, and you could see when you look at the tape, she recognized it the whole time. <laughs> when something like that happens, my view is it's like, just, you know, just just own it, and, you know, I kind of stepped in it, and I'm not going to I'm not gonna make excuses for it. I'll just, you know, I'll laugh along with everybody because it's kind of ridiculous. Well, it's, it's best to grab it and own it before somebody else does. I always tell people, and, and this has happened to me on numerous occasions, you make a mistake, own it, and then they then you take away the weapon that somebody else has when they're going to point that out. So you you did the right thing where you just go, hey, I did it. Uh, I move on. Yeah. And I, I think you're right. And that's what I try to do when, when it's a little bit more serious than a, a drawing like that. Um, you know, we've gotten numbers wrong. We've gotten you know, we'll get vote returns that come in and it turns out there's corrections and they, they change completely. And, and yeah, I know I do think that's key with the audience just in terms of credibility. Um, don't try to pretend if you, if you made a fool of yourself, don't try to pretend you didn't. Based on the numbers, who would you put in the Super Bowl? Can you do something that far out of projection? It's, I, I guess this would be the, 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 the Steve Kornacki gut numbers because I haven't seen the updated, you know, we've been, our partner is PFF pro football focus. And I haven't seen our updated numbers after last night, but just my, my gut on it would be Kansas city, you know, in the AFC. And, and I think, you know, probably conventional wisdom at this point. Um, in the NFC, I'm kind of liking the way Green Bay's playing right now. Okay. Well, wait, is this based off anything or is this, this is your gut well, feeling? It's, 
This is this is my gut feeling, okay. and it's a sense of where the numbers. I haven't seen the, the the updates, but my guess is between Pittsburgh losing, you know, Kansas City hanging out against Denver. My sense is the numbers are going to shift pretty dramatically in the AFC here. Give me your favorite county in the United States. Uh, that's a good question. Um, my favorite county. Well, I got to be partial to Middlesex County, Massachusetts, um, where I was born. Um, is there a favorite but, name of a county that? You love to say. There's Otagamie County in uh, Wisconsin, which has one of the, you know, the funny, Wisconsin has the, the best county <laughs> names, you know. Um, there's also, you know, where Ann Arbor is in Michigan, Washtenaw County. Um, you know, when you get to the upper Midwest, I think you get a lot of those you know, sort of Native American names and you get, uh, those are the ones where sometimes I, in my early days of doing this, I would call the, um, when I wasn't sure in the pronunciation on the day of an election, I would just call up like the county clerk's office just to see how they answered the phone. And that would be my answer. Yeah, that's what's difficult is just making sure because I, I always point out that there was a movie, The Thomas Crown Affair, with Piers Brosnan. And they mentioned in the movie that somebody is from uh, Lima, Ohio. Well, it's it's Lima, Ohio. And if you're from that area, you're like, how could you screw that up? So you have to make sure you get it right. We might not know the county you're talking about, but the people who live in that county know the county you're talking about. The locals do, and some of them are very, you know, counterintuitive. You go down like where San Antonio is in Texas, it looks like Bexar County. It's Bayer County, B-E-X-A-R, and it's Bayer County. That one took me a while to learn. Hey, congrats on uh, the success there, Steve, and hopefully uh, we'll see you on football. Are you doing Football Night in America now the rest of the regular season? Yeah, it sounds like we're going to do it through the um, through the rest of the season. You know, follow the playoff race, look at the numbers change, and um, it's uh, very excited for it. All right, just be careful what you draw, okay? Yeah, thanks. I think I learned my lesson there. Thank you, Steve. That's Steve Kornacki. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Paul Feinbaum, ESPN radio host, and he hosts uh, a show called The Paul Feinbaum Show, which is convenient because he's Paul Feinbaum, the voice of the SEC. Paul, thanks for joining us. What would you do if you're Ohio State this weekend? I would call Michael Bublé for advice. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I would hope that right now, Dan, and you, I know you have a lot better sources in the Big Ten than I do, that uh, the Big Ten athletic directors are currently meeting and, and, and find, a, find a game for them. I think finding a game, and I heard you mention that a minute ago, is better than just saying, okay, you don't have to play this weekend, but you're in the Big Ten championship game anyway. It really isn't that complicated. I, I don't think this is – you know, they're, they're hanging on uh, – you know, Marbury versus Madison is case law from 203 years ago. I mean, they just, they just, they've made up everything they've done so far. So why not make up another week of worth of rules? But also I, I saw where on social media and some people have suggested uh, Ohio State and Texas A&M. And I thought, well, if I'm Ohio State, why am I giving Texas A&M a chance to maybe leapfrog us if they would happen to beat us? Ohio State's already in the final four. Texas A&M is going to be on the outside looking in. Yeah, I, I, I mean, other than the fact that we all yearn for a quality football game this weekend, which uh, we are not in, uh, in, in, in over, we're not overly uh, going to be uh, filled with that in terms of voracious appetites. Uh, there, there really isn't a reason. It's just for fun. Um, you know, it, it's a play-in game. But, but you're absolutely right. 
Uh, Ohio State will probably be in the playoffs as long as they have uh, a game next weekend. And, and they'll either play Northwestern or Wisconsin or or, or someone. Uh, and at 6-0, and uh, they will pass mustard. I mean, if the committee didn't think they were worthy, they, they wouldn't be number four. Yeah. And that's where they are right now. Yeah. How do you see this playing out? I think we'll have a resolution today. Um, no, uh, as far as the the, uh, the oh, playoffs. So your four oh, teams, do you think, will be who? Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm still thinking of Michael Buble. And when I saw that Steve Kornacki was on before <laughs> me, I, I kind of wanted to go run. So uh, here's the deal. Uh, I, I'd say it's Alabama. Uh, I, think, I think Clemson will be Notre Dame. So Clemson gets in there. Uh, I think Notre Dame will still get in there. And, and it will be Ohio State, just, just, just like we ordered it before the season. Can Florida beat Alabama? I I think it would take a, an extraordinary uh, set of circumstances, uh, and and I don't see that happening uh, right now. Dan, Alabama looks unbeatable to me. Uh, I mean, they are they are so potent on offense, and the biggest change is on defense. Uh, after the Ole Miss game two months ago, uh, they were ready to fire the, uh, the the defensive coordinator. It looked like Saban was too. And they have really shored up and gotten extremely stingy. And on top of that, it's just an embarrassment of of, of riches on the offensive side. Uh, Alabama has three guys that you could you can make a compelling case to win the Heisman Trophy. Uh, in Devontae Smith, the wide receiver, uh, Najee Harris, who doesn't uh, who might as well be in missing persons right now uh, in the witness protection program. You don't really hear about him yeah. at all, and he's one. Of the, he may be the best running back in the country, and obviously Mac Jones who uh, is a co-favorite with Kyle Trask to win the whole thing. You start to look at this Alabama team, and and when was the evolution of the offensive side of things for Nick Saban? Because he used to run the football and play great defense, but then it felt like, hey, he looked around and said, I kind of have to, if I'm going to get these skilled position players and they all want to go to the NFL and – I'm going to compete with some of these other uh, outliers in the SEC or playing great offense. Was there a moment where it changed for Nick Saban and his philosophy? Yeah, it it, it came really uh, around 2013, 2014. Uh, Nick Saban thought he could influence the, the, the college football rules committee and slow the slow the game down. Uh, the hurry up was was killing him. His defenses were not prepared for it. And, you know, he lost a national championship uh, that year on the famous kick six play. And he decided, uh, you know what, I'm, I don't think I can beat this, so I'm going to join. And he hired Lane Kiffin. Uh, there is no getting around. Lake, Lane Kiffin was the reason Alabama entered the modern era in offense. And, and Kiffin changed it. He, he, he helped him recruiting immensely. Uh, Kiffin played a huge role in in Tua Tungavailoa coming to Alabama and, and, and a number of other players. And then, you know, Kiffin from there, uh, it, it, you know, Sark came in. Uh, Brian Dayball, by the way, was it was was in between. And he was not particularly uh, liked at Alabama, although he's now quite quite well respected in the, the NFL. And then Sark came back and just you know, finished the job that Lane Kiffin started. We're talking to Paul Feinbaum from The Mothership, host of The Paul Feinbaum Show, the voice of the SEC. I know that, and I, I was told this by a source, because I said, why don't we expand the playoffs this year, given everything that's happened? Athletic departments have been decimated. Now I get eight schools in there. Um, I get, you know, maybe five or six teams that are, are at least playing important games and maybe getting a chance to get in there. But if why would the SEC not be in favor of this? Because I was told that, and I thought the SEC could get 
half of the eight teams in there, Paul. Uh, it's true, but uh, you know, the, the the men who run these uh, college football Power Five conferences, Dan, I, please, I hope you're sitting down. I know you are. Uh, they're traditionalists, and they do not like to change. Uh, I mean, I, I think we're pretty lucky we have four teams right now, the way these guys operate things. And, and, and you're right about the SEC, but the SEC still has a legitimate shot at getting two in. They have three contending. Uh, they have one automatic. And, you know, they all see – I mean, we watched last August as, uh, you know, the, the five families of college football, uh, the Dons, could not agree on anything. Uh, you had the, the three conferences wanting to play. You had the two that didn't. And, and that is the dysfunctionality of college football. The simple things don't ever happen. And, by the way, this was definitely the year to do it. Yeah. And, you know, I, I will – you could direct a question to, to my bosses at the mothership. They, they, they do have a say uh, in, in this altogether. But in the end, Dan, uh, it, it should have happened. Although I will say the, the opposite the, – the underbelly of it is I'm not sure how well it would have worked because I, I still think the next three to four weeks is going to be a challenge – to get these games in, uh, especially with a game, the semifinal game slated for the Rose Bowl. I mean, right now, I, can you go out of your house in, 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 in California? Yeah, you might have to relocate to Arizona. The Fiesta Bowl would be hosting the Rose Bowl as well. <laughs> would you rather have Nick Saban on the show or Jim Harbaugh? Jim Harbaugh. Uh, and, and, and I say that only because I've yeah, I've done Saban. I mean, there's, there's, uh, you, you've interviewed uh, Nick Saban. I mean, and, and he's the greatest coach of all time, but uh, I know what he's going to say. Jim Harbaugh, I don't know. Um, you know, it's funny. Uh, you know, Harbaugh is just one of the most complicated and interesting people in all of sports. But, and not that he really says interesting things, but I, I believe, and you, you may know him, um, I had the opportunity to get together with him about two years ago, uh, set up by his brother-in-law, Tom Crean. And there were, there were some complications and I, it was my fault. I couldn't get up there. I was in California working on something. And uh, I'm sorry that I missed it out because I I really believe deep down. He's a, he's a fascinating guy. He's just not a particularly good college football coach right now. Yeah. Because that's always weird. If you're like, our job is not to have preferential treatment. Like you're supposed to see it and then say it, not factor in. Well, I do like this guy. And you've been brutally honest about Jim Harbaugh not being a great coach or being overrated or I, I don't want to, I'm paraphrasing here, but you, you, I've said it all. How awkward would it be though? Like if I said, Hey, Jim Harbaugh would love to meet you. And uh, he's going to be in the area. He's going to be at the mothership and he wants to meet with you yeah. at ESPN. I, I would do it in a second. And by the way, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in my sixties now, Dan, I, I've had a career of, of, of having awkward meetings with people that did not like me. Uh, it wouldn't be the first time. So I, there, there, there's a there's an art of the deal, so to speak, not to recreate a bestseller from from the uh, 80s and 90s, but uh, I, I've, I'm always willing to meet anyone. I, I, and and, and you, guys like us, we don't dislike people personally. It's just we, we say what we believe. It's it's not personal. What's the most awkward encounter you've had in this show? Uh, interestingly, it was Lane Kiffin. Um, uh, I don't know how much time we have. But I'll tell you this quick story. I was on College Game Day in uh, 2013 before they played, I think it was Arizona. And, and I said, if, 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 if USC can't win tonight, uh, Lane Kiffin should be fired. Well, guess what? They didn't win and he was fired. <laughs> and uh, the next morning on uh, uh, Sports Center pretty much blamed me for the uh, firing. And uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, I said he was the Miley Cyrus of college football. 
And I mean, I got, uh, so two weeks later, I'm out in uh, the University of Washington doing game day. And I find out uh, a couple hours uh, the night before that Lane Kiffin was going to give his first interview. So I'm in the, I walk in the meeting and there's Lane Kiffin. And I, I was a little bit cautious. So I just decided, screw it. I'm going to walk over to him. I didn't know whether he was going to throw a punch. Not that I was overly concerned about you know, getting punched out by Lane Kiffin. But uh, I said hello. We ended up becoming fast friends. We started corresponding. He sent me a Miley Cyrus uh, uh, song the next day. And uh, it, 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 it wait, 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 just, wait, it, a Miley Cyrus song. Yeah, uh, he I, see, I called him the Miley Cyrus of college football coaches. <laughs> so um, uh, and uh, he uh, yeah, he he showed me his personality. So, I mean, I, after that, I'm, I'm really not afraid of anyone. But I've, I've talked to people that I've called for, for their firings before. So it, it can be awkward even years later. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it does, to quote the oldest cliche in the business, come with the territory. Yeah. And there are times you say something and then you have no idea why somebody's mad at you. Or somebody will say, oh, uh, he heard what you said. And I'll be like, I, I, spent, I have three hours a day, five days a week, and I've been doing this for over 30 years. Chances are somebody's going to be upset at something I said. You're, Jeff, you're never quite sure if they heard it or somebody relate it to. And usually right. when they relay it to somebody, it's far worse than when they hear it on their own. I've had people come at me from 25 years ago. Uh, it wasn't that long ago, a coach that I wrote an article about when I was a newspaper uh, writer uh, and he was fired. Uh, he started attacking me at an event and I'm like going, I mean, buddy, this is, this is at least 25 years in the past, but you know, to that person, and it's really a lesson, these things, they never leave you. Uh, although you know, some of them probably could use some psychiatric counseling. Of all the fan bases though. What's what's the one that may be most sensitive or makes you a little nervous? Um, well, I, I spent most of my life in Alabama, so I would never come after the Crimson Tide <laughs> fans <laughs> or Auburn. Uh, uh, I, I have I have had more problems um, with Michigan fans because they just seem like they're everywhere. Uh, and until recently, I mean, I, I, I was about two years ago. I was walking down in Georgetown, and a Michigan fan like came up to me and wanted to accost me. Um, they, 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 they are in another world because the, Dan, Michigan, Michigan, even though they haven't, they've won, I think one and a half national championships in 50 years, uh, they still think they're elite. So when you criticize Harbaugh and th until recently, when you, when you criticize Harbaugh, they took it so personally, they still take it personally, but, uh, you know, they, they don't bother me as much, but, but, but they're, they're probably the most difficult fan base I have had to deal with. These comments aren't going to help that situation. Paul. <laughs> <laughs> the good news is I'm not, I'm not traveling to Michigan. Yeah. Anytime, anytime soon. soon. Yeah. No reason to go there. Um, Hey, no. great, great to talk to you. And uh, thanks for joining us as always, Paul. Dan, it's always a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.
Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.